It is an honor to be here. It's good to see you, man. It really is. It's an honor to be here and to know what the Lord is doing in these days. Um, God's still moving, regardless of uh, what's happening around us. Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that we're coming out of this pandemic. But regardless, God is still moving and He's still working and He's still on the throne. I, I want to talk to you today. I want to preach to you about something that I believe is directly tied to walking in the anointing and the favor of God. Um, I, I believe that it is God uses this uh, to, to draw us closer and closer and closer to His heart. And uh, I, I believe that we become kingdom multipliers when we understand this particular thing. Um, I, I believe that it, it helps us identify with other people. Like to, to truly bond and walk with others in places that we find ourselves at times. And I believe that this has the capacity to release immense power in our lives yeah. as believers of Jesus Christ. Uh, I want to start by, by telling you a, a pretty personal story. Um, back in 2003, my dad left my mom after more than 30 years of marriage. And three sons. And it was a very difficult time. At first he said he just, he told us he just didn't love her anymore. We've all heard that lie. Uh, come to find out he was having an affair. And uh, to make matters worse, I had moved back to that area just a few months before he made this known to us to plant a church. And so it, there was hopes that he and mom and all of them were going to be part of the church and you know, it just it just really made life very difficult yeah. in that season. My dad's unfaithfulness and his decision created a lot of tension in our family, but especially between myself and my brothers and him. Um, you know, I, I'm the oldest, so I sort of felt like nature chose me to be the protector of the tribe. <laughs> And, uh, and, and my brothers were, were, were also fighting to protect our mom, especially my middle brother. Um, my youngest brother was still a minor and at home. And to start, what he did was wrong. It, it, it just destroyed our family. But on top of that, we didn't feel like what he was offering to settle with her was anywhere close. And so we fought. You ever just fought? When they, when, when, they find, when they finally settled, he felt like we had forced him to agree to some things that was unfair to him. And so there was this riff. I'm not telling you the story to tell you about the riff, though. I'll never forget the phone call that I received from my dad about a year or so after the settlement. And he invited my brothers and I to breakfast at an old diner, an old family favorite there where we grew up. And once we were there and we were seated, he asked the waitress to give us a couple of moments and because he wanted to talk to all three of his boys. And for the next half hour or so, my dad wept. And in those moments, he admitted what he had done was wrong. 
He admitted that it was his fault that our family had been ripped apart. He was already remarried at that point, so there wasn't any like fixing it as far as the way it used to be. It'd never be the way it was, but nonetheless, on that day, my dad was broken. I had never seen him that broken. And in his brokenness, he initiated a path toward healing that would not have started any other way. It's been a long journey, I can say honestly today, though, that mine and my dad's relationship is better than it's ever been in my entire life. But it took that season of brokenness for him to get that back on the right path. Friends, brokenness is the appropriate response to sin. It's really the only response. Even if, even when people's hearts, you know, we've, everybody in this room, I'm hoping your heart is really turned toward God. But we know that as long as we live in the flesh, there's this possibility of our selfish ambition sort of rising up and poking their head out from time to time. And, and brokenness is the correct posture uh, toward our sin, toward, even toward our potential to sin. I mean, I want to be broken at the thought of me hurting God. I want to be broken at the thought of me hurting any other person. That should never be my intention. And so with that in mind, I want you to look at a place in Scripture where brokenness is on full display. This is one of the most beautiful and poignant pictures of brokenness that you'll ever read anywhere. Psalm 51. Psalm 51, starting in verse 1. Look at it with me. Be gracious to me, God, according to your faithfulness, according to the greatness of your compassion. Wipe out. Everybody say wipe out. Wipe, wipe out my wrongdoings. Wash me thoroughly from my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my wrongdoings and my sin is constantly before you. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified when you speak and blameless when you judge. In other words, you've got every right to judge me. Purify me with hyssop, verse 7, and I'll be clean. Cleanse me and I'll be whiter than snow. Verse 8, let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have broken. Wait a minute. The Lord breaks bones. Let the bones you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. Wipe out all of my guilty deeds. And, and here's the, the key to the entire passage. Verse 10. This is a prayer of brokenness. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Don't cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Verse 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. Save me from the guilt of bloodshed, God, the God of my salvation. Then my tongue will joyfully sing of your righteousness. Lord, open my lips so that my mouth may declare your promise. Again, create in me a clean heart. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. 
Everybody say that with me. Create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Yes. Lord, I thank You for Your Word. And I thank You, God, that it never returns void. That's right. What power. That's right. God, I am insufficient. I am a, but flesh and bone. And so, God, I pray that Jesus would have this time. I certainly have nothing in me that wants to be seen or heard this day, God. And so may we all pray King David's prayer. Search me and know me, God. Come on. Create in us a clean heart. A steadfast spirit. We love you and honor you, Lord, in Christ. Amen. Amen. I'm gonna have to re repent because of my distraction. I'm smelling this food over here. And it's hard to stay focused when the food's in the same room. Brokenness is a place where God stops us in our tracks. It's a place where all the progress we think we've made comes to a halt. Yeah. It's the place where God says, it's time to get in the closet with me for a little while. Yeah. It's the place where God says, I've got something else that you need to learn before you can go any further. Yes. Brokenness is the place where God helps us see if you keep walking this path, this is where you're going to end up. Yeah. It's the place where we realize that all we are and all we have and all we ever hope to be and all the things we do, that, that really they are terribly insufficient compared to who God is. Yes. Yes. It's the place where God allows us to be crushed under the weight of our own shortcomings. Under the weight of our own sin and potential to sin. In 2 Samuel chapter 11, we read about King David being on the rooftop of the palace. The Bible says it was in the springtime. The springtime is when the kings and their men went out to war. But this particular season, David decided to hang back at the palace and send his men off to war without him. I mean, I think he knew inside that that was a problem and he knew that he had other motives for staying back. Now, I want you to remember something about David. He was a warrior king. That's what he was known for. That's how he became famous. That's how his name was known throughout the land. He was a fighter. He was a warrior. And now he's the rightful king of Israel. And it's springtime and it's time to go to war. And, and he sends his men off without them. And he just happens to be on his roof. You know, just hanging out because he likes it up there. And he just happens to look over on the roof of another residence. I didn't mean to see her. And he just happens to see this beautiful woman bathing. 
Now, if you want to know the real story, I would say David had been going out on the rooftop for a long time looking at this woman. His heart had been set on her for a while. I mean, he was inquiring about her. He wanted to know who this woman, whom we now know as Bathsheba, we wanted, he wanted to know who she was. Honestly, David probably spent a lot of time lusting after Bathsheba before he actually made an attempt to engage her. Now, that's, that's how sin works, isn't it? It's subtle, it's slow, it rises up in the human heart and it captivates us without us really knowing it. It sort of slides into our house undetected. And then a lot of times we detect it and we're like, oh my, what do I do now? Brokenness. Right, yeah. that's so good. We know the story. Eventually, King David sends for this woman. He seduces her. He sleeps with her. He has her husband killed so he can take her for himself. I mean, in a short time, this anointed ruler of Israel, the warrior king, seduces another man's wife, becomes an adulterer and a murderer, and has her husband killed so he can take the woman for himself. This is a man after God's own heart. Come on. Some time passes. We know the story. David becomes aware of what he's done. Like my dad in the diner. Yes. David becomes fully aware of the implications of his sin, of his wrongdoing. And in contrition, he pins the words to the psalm that we just wrote. That is his prayer of brokenness. David's heart is on full display in Psalm 51. I mean, he's not holding anything back. He's not hiding anything. He knows that God knows what he's done. And now he realizes what he's done. And he says, God, no matter what, i got to make this right. If it's the death of me, i got to make it right. Yes. And his plea was for God to give him a clean heart. <laughs> a new heart. Brokenness is the only response to sin. That's right. That's right. Wow. It's the only response. You, you, you know, I, I realize that you know uh, people come forward in services, and, and I love that, and I'm glad that people pray, and we tell people what to pray, but man, if they don't get to a place of brokenness over who they are before the Lord, they'll never be able to walk with Jesus. If they don't come to a place where they're broken before the Lord, and they see their inadequacies and their shortcomings and their potential to fall short, they will never be able to walk in the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, come on. We're talking about here how to respond to a holy, sovereign God. Yes. The creator and sustainer of all that is. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. Our response to Him. It matters, folks. Yes. And if we've sinned against Him, knowingly or unknowingly, and he, and when He brings that to our attention, that means we've offended Him. That means that we've dishonored Him. That means that we're potentially breaking our oath or our covenant to Him. And, and, and verse 1 says, David says, Be gracious to me, O God, according to your faithfulness. Wipe out my wrongdoings. That, that phrase, wipe out, has been translated, blot out. Right. Right. 
It's a term that's used in many places in the Old Testament. It's the word makah, the Hebrew term makah, and it means to abolish, to erase, to cancel. Yeah. It has no power anymore. There's no root anymore. It means to stroke out or to rub out. It's like it's like when we, I carry one of those tie pins around with me because I'm bad about spilling stuff on my jacket, you know. Now, I, I got a few new pair of jeans. I lost a little bit of weight, and so I got a few new pair of jeans. And the, my favorite one of the couple of pair I got, the first day I had them, I got a grease stain right on the leg. <laughs> you know, those grease stains, they're hard to get out. I don't care how hard you scrub, right? What about what about when the dog's sick on that shag rug you got? You try you scrub that out yet? I'm talking about these deep seated these deep seated stains. Uh, interestingly, uh, it's the same word that Genesis uh, the, the writer of Genesis uses when God describes precisely what He's going to do when He sends the flood. Same word, blot out. In other words, God sent the flood. Why did He send it? In order to wipe the slate clean. Yes. Yes. To start over again. And in Psalm 51, David is saying, God, I need a fresh start. I need the slate wiped clean. I need the stains removed. Man, they're deep-seated. They're way down. It's going to take some scrubbing. But God, I surrender myself before you. Do the work that only you can do in my life. And I lay broken before you. Humble and submitted till you do what only you can do. Come on. Come on now. The verb David uses in, in verses 2 and 7 means to wash. It, it could literally be, well, this was before washing machines. Maybe before scrub boards. But it could be translated scrub. Like one scrubs dirty clothes on a washboard, you know. David is, is literally begging God. He's saying, God, scrub me clean like the lady scrubbed the garments down at the river. Scrub me clean like that. David knew he had some set-in stains. And they weren't coming out any other way. It, it, again, it's like dripping grease uh, from a slice of pizza on that new shirt. Or, or stepping in mud wearing your brand new white Nikes, right? Are the kids filling ketchup in that new interior in the car or whatever? In other words, the stains were deep. In verse 2, David uses the word, I'm worried about this water just a little bit. David uses the word cleanse in verse 2 and the words to be clean in verse 7. And those words refer to like a ceremonial cleansing. Uh, David was asking God to once again make him worthy of spiritual use. Yes. In other words, he knows he's got a ministry too. He knows he's got an appointment before God. Yes. Prophet, priest, and king, man. Yes. He held all the offices and he knew that. And he knew that he had broken fellowship with God and the only way to get that back was to lay before him broken. Right. Yeah. So Brokenness is like a, it's like an off-ramp on a highway that leads to repentance. Yeah. 
You want to make it to true repentance? Brokenness is the road. I know, I, I say again, people, you know, I know that well, rededicate your life. Man, I want people to rededicate their life. I really do. And But but i got to tell you something. I don't think that always repairs the pain and the guilt. I don't think anything stands between a person and the Lord when they profess Jesus as Savior or rededicate their devotion to Jesus. It doesn't have to be a big emotional thing. If they're really in their heart, they've made their mind up to commit, then so be it. But that doesn't get rid of all the pain. That doesn't do away with all the guilt that's associated with our sins. Man, I still carry some pain and guilt with my life 25 years ago. Come on. I think sometimes the church is, is quick to try to repair the damage of, uh, of sin without allowing room for brokenness because they see it as weakness by and large. But really, it's the only road to power. Yeah. It's the only road to victory. Yeah. It's the only road without being broken. That's right. It's, it's, it's true healing. That's what brokenness yes. is. Yes. One of my prayers over the years constantly, every time I pray, every time I see God, it's Lord, weaken my knees, soften my heart, yes. and never let my tears dry up. Yes. Man, I don't want to get to the place where I can stop crying. Come on, Brian. Tell you what, sometimes the world of the church can 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 do some things that can cause you to, to don't ever lose what you got here. I mean, if I if we could bottle this up and carry it around and toss it out in a few places, it would be phenomenal. I don't want to be part of a religious system that just has the things that they do that we just churn out because we know what programs to apply and we know what, you know, I's to dot and T's to cross. I want to be part of a movement that is empowered by the Holy Spirit and that will never happen until the church corporately says, we embrace brokenness. We embrace brokenness. God, if there's anything in me that's out of line with your will, create in me a clean heart. You know, sin does create memories that remain. It, it, it scars us. It stains us. And the memories stay with us. Now, it's the place where we come to the end of ourselves and we say, I realize what that's done and I don't want any more scars. Uh, many people, I think, though, they, they mistakenly talk about forgetting their sins. That's not possible. You can't forget. God can. But we don't have that capacity. And actually, that's a gift. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, not being being able to forget is is a gift. Now we we know we don't want to misapply passages like Psalm one hundred three. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. And we say Hallelujah, thank you for doing that work, God. And he cast them into a sea of forgetfulness. Hallelujah, God, you're able to do that. I'm not. Right. That's right. Yeah. 
God certainly has the power to forget our sins and, and to remove them from us. And, and He's God and He can do that. But we just were not created with that ability. So instead of trying to forget our sins, I think we need to recognize that sin creates memories that remain with us for a good reason. Listen to this, Psalm 51.3, a year after his sin with Bathsheba. I know my transgressions, my sins, they're ever before me. Yes. I had forgotten. They're, they're here. They're, they're, they're in front of me. Now, here's the deal. Here, here's some reasons why it's uh, we're not made to forget. Number one, if I could forget my sin, I could never testify of the goodness of God in my life. What would I have to testify that he's done? If I forgot them. No, I remember them. And i got to tell you, the, 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 I've tasted the bad. And which means I really appreciate the good. I really appreciate the grace of God because I've been far away from it. If I could forget where I've been, I wouldn't be able to testify to it. Also, if I could forget my sin, I'd never be able, I would never be warned myself or be able to warn others about where that will potentially lead you. Part of your testimony is being able to speak into the lives of others so that they don't go down the same path you've been down. Also, you'd never be able to rejoice. Right, we got victory over sin, right? How could we rejoice in our victories uh, if, if we forgot where we were? We'd have forgotten there was even a battle. I guess in that light, I would say that brokenness is good for you. Brokenness is good for us. It is. God gives us the gift of memory to remind us of where we've been and the consequences of our actions. And He uses that to form us and to shape us and to change us and to use us to make a difference in this world. We should thank God for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. It is a gift. And the only reason God convicts any of us of anything is because He loves us. He loves us. And He's always pushing us to get closer to Him. No different than you would discipline your child for walking too close to a busy highway. No different than you try to keep your kid's hand off of a hot stove. No different than you try to, as you raise your children, you teach them the difference between right and wrong. But, you know, i got to say something, though. I really don't like our current culture's depiction of Jesus, by and large. I think we live in a culture that tends to paint Jesus as sort of this insecure, needy, um, fragile, you know. He's just longing for your affection. Like, you know, like a puppy dog or something. Like, like, hey, he just won't make it without us. <laughs> and, and so people get into these terrible situations in their sin, and then somebody comes along with, oh, you're breaking God's heart. There's some truth to that. But it's certainly not full. 
That's not fully articulated because I know that very often while I know I have the potential to breathe the Holy Spirit and I know I have the potential to hurt God with my actions, I also know that God is a father that's going to come along and, and he's not going to be broken by me. and He's going to break me. You know, he's going to come along with some with some ideas that's going to form me and shape me. But he's not just sitting off in a corner somewhere. Oh, I hope he comes back. No, he's just like I would be with my son. Yeah, he did break my heart. I hope he does come back. But now I'm about to do some things to him that's going to turn things around for him. And he ain't going to like them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You ever had to do that with any of your kids? Yeah. Oh, I had to do it a lot with my son. I love you, boy, but you're not going to like this. <laughs> I'm going to break you with that habit. And, 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 and while I believe, again, we have the capacity to break God's heart, I just feel like you know, it, it's deeper than that. You know, I love the description of Jesus in Revelation. Uh, you know, John says he's coming back wearing a long robe with a golden sash, hair white as linen, eyes blazing like fire, yeah. feet like bronze, yeah. voice like a mighty rushing waters, holding the seven stars in his right hand and a double-edged sword proceeding out of his mouth. He's a warrior king. Yes, he is. Come on. Yes, he is. He came the first time as the Lamb of God, but friends, He's coming back as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's not coming back, you know, having to do the same work He did the first time. That work's complete. He went to the cross. He laid down His life as the sacrificial Lamb. He's coming back like a roaring lion. That's right. That's right. Come on. That's right. By definition, God is—he's uh, sovereign. He's self-sustaining. Yeah. He is self-existent. He, uh, he doesn't need anything. God doesn't need us. But it sure is an honor and a privilege that He's called us in. Think about who He is and He's called us to serve. He's called us to walk with, with, with Him. But I don't want to ever make the mistake. I believe that would lead to a lack of brokenness, a lack of humility by thinking, oh, God needs me. God could replace me like that. We serve a great God who demonstrated His wrath when He poured out, poured it out on His Son Jesus. And it amazes me that some people believe that God would crush His own Son on the cross but give them a pass. terrible misunderstanding of how God interacts with us. <coughs> Jesus went to the cross. You talk about broken. He took on all of our sin. Talk about being broken before God. How dare any of us ever take that lightly? I don't deserve to be alive. I don't deserve the breath God gives me this day. Right. Right. But I live by His grace. Yes. Amen. And by virtue of that alone, brokenness is necessary. By virtue of who He is and who we are in comparison, brokenness is necessary. In fact, what other response is there when we truly understand who He is and what He's done? Create me a clean heart. Renew a 
steadfast spirit within me. Heather's here today. My daughter's Casey and Lila. Many years ago, before answering the call to preach, Heather and I got married and had a kid and bought a house. And a few years in, I owned a, a couple of businesses and I was running the roads night and day. I was never on it led to some difficult spots in our marriage. And I'll never forget the conversation. When Heather said, what are we doing? We're not even married. What is this life? You're never here. Come on. And, uh, we made the decision, maybe it's best to split them. And so we did for a little while. And my middle brother had just gotten married. And he lived in a small mobile home. He and his wife had the big room and his great Dane had the other room. <laughs> Guess who I got to room with? <laughs> That might have been the most broken I've ever been in my life. Yeah. Sleeping in the dog's room. Yeah, come on. On the floor. Staring up at the ceiling with the light of a street light just barely shining through the blinds. And I lay there night after night, weeping. Crying out to God to show me where I had gone wrong. I already knew. Yeah. I already knew He made that clear. And it was in that brokenness that I realized that I had missed God on something very important that I'd been neglecting for three or four years. And that was a call to preach. See, I had other interests. I had other things I wanted to do. And you know what? It's not that in and of themselves those things were bad. It's just that they weren't the priority. You know, God's allowed me to dream dreams since then, but first I had to get the the priority right. Right. Yeah. And I'll never forget laying as vividly as I've ever heard God say anything to me. God, what do you want me to do? I'll do anything. I'm broken. There's nowhere else to go. Yeah. And he said, preach. I didn't hear, go to Bible college, pastoral ministry. I heard preach. That's all. That was first. Now, he's led me in some directions since then, but that was first. And he, he had to start with small words for me. Man. Yeah. You know, like I had to get preached before he could start elaborating on all this other stuff. And I'll never forget, you know, I owned a business at a, at a retail mall, man. We had mortgaged our house on a promotion deal that we did certain times of the year and I'd taken all the money I'd made from all that stuff and at a young age poured it into this this retail store at a, at a mall and 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 I'm sleeping on my brother's floor yeah. yeah 
in the eyes of all of our friends, you know, at that young age, we were successful, but here I am broken. Yeah. Finally, after saying yes to that call, I got up the next morning. And man, I hit the road that day and I knew I needed to make some rounds. And the first one was to her. Heather, the Lord's called me to preach. I mean, you ought to say, look at you, you've lost your mind. <laughs> like, you're going to have to show me first. You know, I'll believe that when I see it. I went and told my mom, and all of them just thought, oh, he's, he's in this stage where he's arguing with their, their mom. Things aren't working out, and he's, he's emotional. No. I knew I'd miss the Lord. Yeah. For a lot of years. And he just made it, made, made it very obvious. And in my brokenness, I said yes. And I went straight and met with a preacher that I'd never met before. He was the current pastor at the church my family attended. And I went straight and talked to my business partner. And my business partner said, Brian, I knew the Lord wanted to use you for a long time. He said, I, and you know, I'll buy you out. I can't pay you all at once. I didn't lose a dime on the business. To make a long story short, we got back together. I started Bible college. Uh, man, people rallied around and supported us to go into ministry. Within a few months, I was an associate pastor at a church uh, free of charge. Um, and, and God was just blessed us in ways beyond measure and the last 23 or 4 years has been like a whirlwind Come on, that's so good. Praise God. it started in brokenness yes. that's right, Amen. can somebody play as we close out this time Lord um, I thank you for this time with these folks and Lord I thank you for the celebration that we are experiencing here today as we celebrate a new chapter in the life of this place. But God, I pray that this church would be one that embraces brokenness. That Lord, we would never get tired of walking with people in their brokenness. And we'd never get tired, Lord, of entering places of brokenness ourselves. For we know, Lord, that's where the anointing of the Holy Spirit is discovered. Thank you for listening to the River City Hope Church podcast. To stay up to date, follow us on social media. For ways to give and more information, go to hope4rivercity.com. Hope4rivercity.com.